Welcome to BA Chats. We're so happy to have you guys. I'm Rachel Coons. I'm your host, and I'm here today. I'm very happy and honored to be here today with the man wearings. Yes. Am yeah. I saying this the, properly? Yeah. Yes, yes, you are. I've got to ask. I, I'm a maiden name Doolin, so I appreciated people saying, is that the one you say? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I always ask. Yep, we are man wearings. Okay. Paul and Sue man wearing, and where are you guys from? Well, we're originally from London, England, okay. and uh, we were there, and then we spent 15 years in Reading, California, and now we've gone back to the same area and live in Windsor, just outside of London. Wonderful. I want to talk, can we talk about that just a little bit? What yeah. in the world? Obviously, you guys were born there and raised there, mm. moved to California 15 years ago. Sue, yeah. how was that transition, and was it a big one? Um, it was definitely, yes, definitely a big one. Um <laughs> I, I needed some healing and I met some pastors from Bethel wow. and that's how it started. But definitely, I think for me, the biggest thing was clearing out a house and having to get rid of stuff that I'd hoarded of my children when they were babies. <laughs> we're not talking like, about an emotional house. This is a physical, like, look at all the stuff we have. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, I mean, that was, that was really hard work to get there. Wow. I think in terms of when God says go, you know it's the right thing, So, but you, there's still stuff you have to do in order to make it happen. Wow. You know, you've, you've still got to position yourself. So we had to sell our house. We had to apply for a visa. Um, you know, the American government didn't just prophetically know we wanted to go to <laughs> school of ministry and send us an application form. We had to research ourselves. And all of that kind of a thing because Bethel School of Ministry was only, well, Paul's year was only 100 people. So, and we were the first internationals to go to the school. Whoa. So um, we had to do everything ourselves. So there wasn't any, this is what you do. This is the kind of visa you apply for. It was all like we had to go online on the American government webpage and look at will a visa work? What kind of visa? How do we make this work? What do we do? <laughs> You know, I appreciate this, though, because people who love the bigness of God, which would be people that appreciate and love the bigness of God, sometimes we forget, oh, I've got a part. Oh, yes. What is exactly. my part again? Yeah. And you're talking about your part. And it's 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 that's it. It's like some effort. I think you you position yourself. You do what you have to do. We filled in the visa forms and uh, put them in the mail. And it's like, OK, God, now this becomes your part oh. because we've we've done everything we know how. Um, and now it's it's up to you to see the visa get released. That is super profound. Yeah. And how many babies do you have? And I bet these babies are how old? Well, <laughs> we just have the two boys. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I had, I had a journey of infertility. Oh. So um, I needed God to heal me in between our first and second son. So we have five years between them. Um, and I have my two boys and they are... 30 and 35. Oh, that's wonderful. What yeah. are their names? Uh, Aiden's the grandson. We also have two <laughs> grandsons, so it's like all these boys. So um, nice. So four boys with the yeah. sons and grandsons. We specialize yeah. in boys. Yeah. Yeah. James is 35 and Luke is 30. And then Aiden is eight and Fletcher is five. And they're all back with you guys in England, which is part of your yes. beautiful story. Yep. Yep. Yes. And we all live three minutes apart from each oh, other. 
that is dream. You want to release that as dreams fulfilled <laughs> exactly. to all the families that are yeah, listening. It's a prophetic word fulfilled in actual fact, which Could is amazing. You, yeah. Would you tell us about that prophetic word? Because all teasing aside, that's a dream fulfilled. That's rich, yeah. like a great definition well, of rich. You know, obviously we gave up that. we had When we went to California, we had an 18-year-old that we left in England and a 13-year-old that we took with us. We spent 15 years there. In 2013, we were given a prophetic word that one day we would all live in the same town together. Mm. It was impossible then um, because of where our boys were and what they were doing in life. And then when we moved back at the beginning of 2017, um, a few months after that, our youngest son called and said, my wife and I want to start a European adventure. (laughs) And so at Christmas, we are going to move and see what happens and work it all out. And so at Christmas... um, they landed with their Doberman dog, which Sue did all the hard work for importing, which is harder than importing anything else. And uh, and our son, actually, two months in, has just got a job. So, yeah, he's done it. And it was at Christmas. Yeah. Yes, they okay. were going to plan to land on Christmas Eve, and I booked the flights. And then Heathrow Animal, kind of the, the, where they welcome them in, um, they said, oh, no, you can't land a dog either at a weekend or Christmas Eve. <laughs> so I'm like, well, good to know. Since good to know. It good information, yeah. Fun if United <laughs> Airlines had told me that, but, you know, not blaming United. Um, then I, I, because I did my research and um, managed to get the dog in, which costs like two people's ticket prices but you know it's um but they love their dog and I kept thinking the dog wasn't in the prophetic word but then I'm like well she wasn't even born so I'm sure you know God knew it was going to be there but he didn't mention the dog because it wasn't relevant at the time he gave the word so too funny so 15 years in Redding California you guys were the first international students at the school we were the first international family there was there was actually one other student the year before but we were the family that arrived and did the whole deal but you guys were there from growth of 100 to what is it now um well our first year my year was 100 and I guess the school was 140 maximum and it's now 2600 in the whole school I think it's grief I think it's 12, 1,300 first year and 700 second year and, and 430. Yeah, how many internationals? About 800 45% of the students oh, are yeah. internationals. Because you can't have, you can't have like more than half internationals. You are kidding. I didn't know this. Yeah. Almost half are internationals yeah, in yeah. Redding, California. Yeah. 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 What in the So over 1,000 students yeah. are international. From okay. so many different nations across the world so pretending that that's not a super fun environment anyway (laughs) you have got that many different cultures all together oh yes what in the world so that would be two questions what in the world was it like to be in growth like that that's wild growth and then to have that many cultures together is like fill in the blank yeah yeah i I mean it it introduced diversity to the city literally because that city didn't i mean it had some native americans um that would have and a few mexicans maybe that would be the extent of the diversity. Now the diversity is, I mean, everyone in the everyone in the city knows if you have an accent, you're at Bethel, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Was that yeah, just fun? So. That has to be a really electric environment. Yeah, I think for a lot of the Reading families who have, as it were, born and bred sure. in Shasta County, Reading, who, haven't, who hadn't really several years ago ever been hardly anywhere, 
I think for them, opening up their homes to having international students to live um, for the school year has been incredible for them, for their children, to learn about other countries, to talk to students about what life is like. And, and even some of them have, you know, students have gone back to their countries over the years, but the people they lived with have then got to go visit them. And, and oh. that's like... For them, that that's like dream territory because sure. they, I never would have thought that I would have been going to this country, like across the world. I've had to get a passport. You know, I knew nothing about this this nation until these students live with me. So I think for our church, the people in it, it's given them this amazing world view that they didn't have before. You know, Pastor Bill would talk about his trips and he would go to different countries and come back and say things, but... I think for a lot of people, um, you know, in Europe, we grew up knowing about all these different countries. That's sure. just how we did things. Um, well, you've but got I, so many different countries in such it, close proximity. Exa- exactly. You can be in Germany, as we have been, and you can drive for 20 minutes, you know, have dinner in Germany, dessert in right. France. It's just, <laughs> oh, you know, oh and gosh. then you can pop to Austria. Best date ever. I know, exactly. So I think for a lot of Americans, it was... Um, yeah, it was it was just a really exciting thing because the children just didn't know much about sure. anywhere else outside of America. So I I really think it's helped the town oh my goodness, to bring a whole yeah, load of diversity town. and just yeah, people in the town seem to love it. Oh, I guess. Well, I this explains a, a something Paul that you talk about often that has totally caught my attention is just your perspective on America and the American dream, which I just appreciate because I guess um, it gets a lot of flack. I hate to see, it seems like in the past, our my country has been very can-do and it's been wonderful. And there's almost like this fog coming in that's like, let's be critical of ourselves. And so I love to hear an Englishman, yeah. American Englishman, yeah. that had that perspective. Could you share a little bit of it? Because how valuable knowing you've lived all over, you experienced mm. all these different cultures, and your your observation about America is just tender and precious and kind. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is, you know, it, I say it almost as a joke, you know, what's the British dream? What's the European dream? Well, we, we don't have one. It's not It's not in our language, but the American dream is a part of the American language. So, you know, the country was birthed out of it. Now, it's not to say there aren't people who dream in, in England. I'm not saying that. But but a culture of dreaming, a culture of permission to have a dream, and you add to that, you know, can do and why not, and you start to have the, you know, the foundations for a lot of the great stuff that happens in this country. You know, you go to places like Seattle and it's entrepreneurial. It's like, you know, why not here? So... Uh, I love that, and I think it's really important. I think it's kingdom. You know, there are there are a lot of things that happened in America from the founding fathers through to the present day that are kingdom that we really we really can learn a lot from. Uh, so just seeing that, experiencing that, we we've enjoyed that. And I I look at now going back to the UK and Europe. It's kind of like we've got a great history. We have incredible history. And, and, you know, like you talk about a fog. I mean, we've had some of that. You know, we would talk about, you know, the fog of the empire, so to speak, that we we didn't do everything right. And it's like, yeah, but we did a lot of things right. And we need to change the way we see, you know, look at what's right, not what's wrong. Mm. Um, Look at what God's doing, not what he isn't doing. Uh, And I think that that's, that's a part of America. It's more a... 
what what is being done rather than what isn't being done is is a beautiful part. So we loved living here, and you know, no question about it. Are you glad to be home? Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> I bet yeah. you are. That had to feel so <laughs> nice. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about being home? Um, I I mean I think one of the things is just being with your own people, sure. your own culture, because even though you speak the same, we speak the same language, and yet culturally we're really quite different and I think it's not necessarily something that you could write a list and say oh this that and the other's different but I think it's just your own people it's like you know Bill and others they travel and they'll be in Europe and and they'll be like oh there's there's nothing like being home in America and I think (laughs) it's the same for all of us wherever our culture's from is that you start to miss it and so I think it you know, when I would walk around in Reading and see people do different things, and it was amazing, when I would do that in my own country, if we were on a trip, it would feel different because I'd I'd feel like, well, everybody gets me here. And it feels different in America because you're British, and, and yet we were never not made fair, made welcome. It wasn't that. It's just you're aware that it's a different culture. Um I just love it. I love we should all have permission to adore where we came from. Absolutely. And we should all have permission to celebrate where other people come from. It's just Exactly. Being able to say, people would say to me, are you going to become an American citizen and, and, you know, give up being British? And I said, no, I'm not. I, I have no need to become an American citizen. I'm British. And they're like, oh, but, you know, America's you know, the greatest country in the world. So I said, well, no, actually mine is. <laughs> but is I said, the way you, it should be. yes. And I said, would you ever give up being an American? And it's like, no, I've never met an American that said they wanted to give up being one. And they're like, no way. And I said, well, that's how I feel about my nation. However, I'm in America. We're serving here. We love the country. We love the people. We are very pro it. We're doing everything we can to do our part in America but we are British. We're proud that we are, and I can never see myself giving that up. That's so um, helpful. The only mm. way to affect any people, the only way to be profitable on your mission field, is to love it. That's it. Oh yeah, I mean, you, absolutely. You, have, you don't deserve a voice if you don't love where it is no. that God sent you. you exactly. Know? You've yeah. you've got to be for the people. You've got to be willing right. to sow in. When we were at Bethel, we would throw ourselves into everything, sowing into what's happening in America you know, being aware of what's going on. Um, yeah, just, but at the same time, we're British. We, we couldn't vote in America. There's certain things we couldn't do, but didn't mean to say that we weren't for the country. Sure. You know, and concerned about what was happening in America and praying for America. But um, I didn't see the need for us or me personally to become an American. It wasn't sure. required of me. Right. Um, and I didn't feel like I had to prove that I was, as it were, loving the country by being an American. Mm. But had I, had I, you know, my niece is married to an American now. She came out to school and she stayed. And she may in time decide to become American because her children will be. Sure. Now, that's a whole different thing. She's right. thrown herself into America. She's, she was young. She's married. Um, and she'll probably spend the rest of her life there and raise her children there yes so she may well become american so that they can be a united family sure um so i think that kind of scenario is quite different sure to yeah but 
You've, you've got to be all in at the country God calls you to. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's we, we have... We have influence over what we love, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. So let's talk for a second about Europe Shall Be Saved. What is mm. this Europe Shall Be Saved? It's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really, it's it's a bunch of people who've, who've really discovered the same heart and the same cry. And uh, the actual Europe Shall Be Saved team, our goal really is is just to walk in, in unity across Europe, um, the gospel... The presence and hope, and as far as we're able to to be a united bride that connects with as many other believers as possible in pursuit of a hundred million souls, a hundred uh, million yeah, souls, yeah, just a few. <laughs> so, and we can't do it. Beautiful. No one group, no one church, no one denomination can do that. It By has design. to be all of us yeah. together. We have right. to do it together. Um, so it's you know I'm part of it because of prophetic word that. I walked through and changed my perspective, um, bringing some of my gifts of strategy. You to, entered to the into table. a prophetic word. Yeah, I'm I'm there because of a prophetic word. Um, Can you share about that? Yeah, 2012. I was told that I would preach in stadiums, raise up young evangelists, and God would restore to me the reason why He brought me into the kingdom. In a nutshell, <laughs> as a result of that. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah it's Just crazy. That prophetic word. That wasn't. It didn't describe the poor man wearing that anybody knew before then. Uh, and uh, so, you know, it's a long it's a long story, but I went to Reinhard Bonnke's school for a week, felt like the most out-of-place person in the room. <laughs> um, but uh, something got hold of my heart, and uh, and then Ben Fitzgerald started Awakening Europe. Um, young Aussie who'd come out to Bethel, who got a vision that in Nuremberg where Hitler raised a youth army, that God would raise another youth army. And uh, I got to preach there. <laughs> <laughs> it was, every time. And it was yeah. obviously overwhelming. How yeah. was it? it? Wow. And as a result yeah. of that, I became friends with some of the great evangelists in Europe and they looked at me and yeah. said... They needed a strategist. They, you know, <laughs> so... Bam! Paul yeah. Van Waring, Sue Van Waring. Yeah. Yeah. So they ended up with a strategist with a heart who cries. Uh, so, which is uh, beautiful. Yeah. So and, uh, super obviously, super smart God putting this thing together for yeah. forever. You fit right in and found a, you're a different man than you were before. Yeah, it changed my life. Whoa. So we went to Nuremberg and, uh, and then we went to Stockholm and then we went to Prague and... In the middle of that journey, Sue started being consciously wanting to move back to England. She felt like it's where she wanted to be, where where nice. we should live out our days. Uh, not that we were about to retire. And then we got some prophetic words. Oh, like the next 40 years or yeah, so. Yeah, 40 years retirement. You know. <laughs> yeah. We're retiring for five yes, at the end exactly. of it. You know. From 95 to 100, we're going to retire. But <laughs> up until then, we're... So it's yeah. just got... It was a, it's a God journey. It you is. can't make it happen. I think that I felt like... I knew that I didn't want to retire in Reading. Sure. Not because Reading's a bad place, no, but, but just you know. because if, you know, you reach 85 and I'm like, what if we can't get on a plane anymore and we'll be distant from all of our family, you sure. know, siblings, our, you know, cousins and just all sorts of any and grandchildren. Sure. Um, and that was the thought that I, I really, I didn't like very much and then you know god because he's so kind is already thinking well actually i do have a plan oh my word and you know you you just you just don't realize that so it's like you have this stirring to think in the natural i actually i i want to 
be in my own country. I want I want to be home with my people. I want to, you know, and obviously things were happening in Europe and I and I was like, why we'd fly into Europe and I'd think, why are we having to fly back to America when things are about to really bust open in Europe? Wow. Um and we should be there because we're European. This is these are our nations, these are our people and um I didn't see you know, there was all the refugee crisis and right. I would have my you know, scared American friends because of what they saw on the news and I'm not blaming them. I think it's just sometimes a perspective people have when they when they haven't been there. It's what the so news it's is like designed it, to do. Exactly. So it's just being successful and it's That's purpose. it. So, you know, Europe becomes a very scary place and people are posting news reports that have no truth in them. Sure. Um you know, and people are saying to us, you know, you, you're so likely to get killed in your beds. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we're not likely <laughs> to get killed in our beds by refugees. You know, it's like this is we've been to Europe. It, it's like it's really safe. Sure. I mean, as safe as it is living in America. Sure. You know, with stuff happening. So but this is so um, helpful. This needs to be said, mm, you know, this yeah. perspective of, oh, my goodness. No, yeah. when you're there, it's different yeah. than what you see. That's right. And people would say to me, are you scared? You know, going into London, are you scared? You know, after the Westminster Bridge attack um, that happened first. And we were in London that day. Um, Y'all were in London? We were in London, yeah. And um, we just weren't in that. We'd been in the area earlier. And so we stood opposite the bridge on the the next bridge across where we could look. Everything was still stationary. and, and, And we'd already walked around London. And, of course, everything was on high alert. There were police sirens all the time. And I think for me personally, I was just very, very upset that it had happened on my watch. And I felt in some way responsible because I think we should all individually feel responsible and not just say, well, of course, it wasn't really my fault. Oh, you know, what would my prayers do? But I think to take that responsibility and say, not on my watch. You know, I felt like one of the reasons I had gone back was to stop the bombing. And that seemed a very kind of arrogant thing to think. But I'd had these dreams. I'd had these things years ago when... When something happened in Paris, um, inside I was that rock concert or something. I'd I'd said to Paul we were on a trip and I we saw it on the news somewhere wherever we were in America, and I said to Paul, "We have to go," and he's like, "Go." I'm like, "We have to go to Paris," and he's like, wow. oh, "Okay," and I said. Because if we go to Paris and step off the plane, everything will be fine. And then I started second guessing, my, like thinking, that's a very straight, like it's very big headed. That's very not like, how could I? What am I going to do? Step off the plane. Everything's going to calm down. But I think it was more like I began to realize as I kept having these things that God was saying to me, you in you going back, what if you are the one person that tips the scales into yeah. peace and freedom? Because the old-fashioned scales where your mums would have a weight on one side, put flour on the other side, it only takes a few grains to suddenly make it fall down one side. It doesn't necessarily take a big amount. You get it level and then it's a few little grains and it it tips the balance. And 
He was just challenging me to think, what if it was you? What if you tip the balance of people that are praying and interceding and walking the streets? Well, we're people that believe in presence. I mean, how yeah. much of communication is nonverbal? What's that wild, ridiculous number? Like 85% yeah, of it? Right. It's spirit communication. It so is. To come yeah. and have a presence of purity yeah. and kindness and goodness would totally change the yeah. atmosphere. Exactly. You don't sound haughty. You sound like a gal with a great, big, powerful dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. So we just walked around London that day, and and we just everywhere we walked, we just said, "This is this is Jesus. This is His ground." Like terrorism, you you cannot, you cannot be here because we've walked over this. Because God had said to me Beautiful. when we go back to Windsor, He'd said to me, He'd shown me, I'd had a dream years ago, and I was kind of flying around and I thought it was over Reading. Well it was at the time over Reading, but I couldn't land. And it was really I saw these kind of hot spots and I'm like, why can't I land? And then God reminded me of that when we were going back to Windsor and did the same thing. And he said to me, you know, this time you're gonna land and he said, everywhere you put your foot in Windsor is oh. yours. You have authority over oh, it. Oh gosh. So going back to Windsor, I walk into Windsor I go all sorts of different routes because, you know, it's boring otherwise. And it takes about 40 <laughs> minutes to walk. And every step I walk, I do. I, I just walk and I'm, I'm like, oh, this street is yours, Father. This is yours. It's not the enemy's, it's yours because you told me that I have authority to say that. Um, so and so I love you, that. Would you give just permission, just verbal permission for people to do that? People that are called here. Cause I believe, you know, if, if you're living here, you're called oh, here absolutely. for yeah. whatever time you're here. But yeah. I believe everyone in, in, yeah. Whatever city you're called to, you do have that authority over your neighborhood. Um, just a, around different areas where you work, if you work in the cities or just, just your neighborhood, just to take the dog for a walk and have that attitude of like this neighborhood's yours father it's every beautiful. single house the people in it you know praying peace over them praying whatever over them um yeah and just yeah just claiming it for him That's and especially powerful. the neighborhoods where people might live where there's a lot of poverty or sure. there's very high crime rates things like that i mean obviously you don't want to walk around in the dark in a crime-ridden place <laughs> be sensible but it's like just in your daily life, you can have that authority. If God said Atlanta's your home and Bethel Atlanta's your home, why not? Just just go for it. It's like you don't need to wait for someone to say you have authority. It, it's the streets you walk on. You know, you're not going to shops and claiming that God's going to shut them down because they're not good. That, that, I believe, is a different level of authority that God personally talks to you. But your streets, where you walk every day, where you take your children to school, you know, your, your children's school, your children are walking in and they should make a difference. And you as a parent, because you're a parent for that school, it, it should make a difference when you just walk into a classroom, you're, you're taking the presence of Jesus. So it's like just understanding that you do get to change the atmosphere Oh. doesn't matter who you are. You have Jesus in you. That's You'll so change the atmosphere. Beautiful. You know, Lindy Hale, our pastor, pastor's wife, mm. um, is super helpful in this area. She tells a story about how she used to walk and pray Sandy Creek where we, you know, 15 years later, we ended up having church there for years. Yeah. 
And she said she walked in one day and the Lord told her, because she thought she was walking and praying for Lauren. Lauren was in school there as her first public school appearance, I mean, yeah. you know, experience. Yeah. And so she was walking and praying for safety yeah. and her, but the, she walked in one day recently and the Lord was like, you were also praying about this. Like you were also praying into this. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, you know, how did you guys meet the Hales, by the way? So the Hales are our pastors, for those of you listening. Uh, Steve Hale came to a strategic planning workshop that I was leading in Bethel. Okay. And actually, I think it was halfway through the workshop, he went out to the car and he started to have the thought about moving to Reading and coming to the school. I believe that's the way he tells the story. Okay. And so I met him there and then they... I think we came out to do some ministry here and I remember meeting Lauren at the time who was here and helping to put on a conference event for another church and then they came out to the school and over time, you know, they came back, planted the church. We came out and helped almost from year one and uh, and then I was asked to uh, to be the chairman of the board from the Bethel end because it was a Bethel Wonderful. church. So I was on the board for about 10 years. So, But it all began with Steve in a strategic planning workshop, if, if I've got the story right. That's wonderful. Would you guys share your, your beautiful perspective on them for us? I'd love to get your, your again, your, I'm thinking international perspective, from Reading yeah. perspective, but just global. You, you see ministries all over and pastors yeah. all over. Can you share with us about them? Because I personally think they're really special mm-hmm. people. <laughs> Yes, well, we love them. Yeah, um, we feel like family when we're around them. Awesome. We feel like they treat us as as part of their family. Um, all of them do. Um, my observation is that Steve and Lindy stand for family. Family is the value that they live for. Um, Steve, of course, has got a lifelong experience in finance industry and has stewarded finance well. And any meeting you go to, you will find Steve Hale at the front in worship, even at Bethel. He'll push his way to the front if he if he has to. So to me, that's what they built this house on, family, um, good, sound, biblical, economic principles, and a worshiping heart. That's oh, super helpful. Yeah, so, and, and I th- what I think, too, over the years that, you know, when when you're building church, running church, there are difficulties, and... Um, people people difficulties it, it happens all over <laughs> sure. everywhere you go <laughs> because people are people go, right? <laughs> um and when you all get together and different opinions things people like things people don't like and i with with steve and lindy they love people no matter what comes at them personally that's what i yeah, found like people can be a little bit off, whatever, and Steve and Lindy will still be smiling, still be loving them. There's nothing in them that, that shows anything other than love for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that not everybody has that quality because people can get offended if they think people don't like something they're doing or, you know, and then if you're the pastor, that's even worse somehow. You feel, you can feel like that. But I, I think that they show over and over that they just love people mm. and that they don't take things personally because maybe people react people react out of pain sure. from where they've been before, um, their past experiences, and then sometimes that happens to come out, particularly, I think, in a place where families are high value. I sure. think it kind of tweaks people a little bit sure. and their stuff comes up sure and then they react out of that and I think that you know Steve and Lindy are the kind of people that 
you know, no matters what, what might get thrown at them, they, they're just going to keep loving people no matter. And I think that that's a rare quality. Really you just don't often see in leaders today. So I think that it just, I'm sure everybody from Bethel Atlanta listening would would know that of them, but it's good to be reminded that, no, actually they do because, you know, things happen. It's not always wonderful all the time. <laughs> Darn it. Um, yes, <laughs> even in families it's not oh, sure. wonderful all the time, but sure. I think that they just... I th- they just react in the way that that I think God's very proud of them in the way that they react to all circumstances. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for the perspective. Mm-hmm. Paul, Sue, Manwaring, thank you so much. We You're so appreciate welcome. you for joining yeah, us on thank BHS. Thank you for having us. You just make us richer. You've been so incredibly helpful to us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks so much. You guys tune in to BA Chats. We've got cool beans people. That's what we've got. We love you.